to spoil the weekend fun. We're recording this on a Wednesday during Prime Day. You got you can't you can't break the fourth wall like that. And I, mean, I know they come here for escape. Welcome to the Ecom Chats Happy Hour Podcast. I'm Mike Martis, Director of Marketing at Finch. And I'm Nevin Zavell, the e-commerce product specialist at Finch. And this is your e-commerce podcast, Wind Down the Week, Crack Open a Cold One and Talk Some Shop. We've got our microphones, we've got our drinks, and this week we're talking Black Friday goals. Nevin, what'd you find? So this is one that I know we've been in a long, longer-term series about Black Friday goals. And if you haven't listened to some of the previous episodes... Um, We first cover when to start and how to start preparing for Q4 and the whole Black Friday season. We then move into promotional strategy, and then we move into learnings and um, main takeaways to pick up to start um, getting your reporting prepped for Black Friday. And this time, I want we're in middle of October right now. We just um, we're. To spoil the weekend fun, we're recording this on a Wednesday during Prime Day. You got you can't you can't break the fourth wall like that. And I, mean, I know they come here for escape. I know. I like to think of it like Bill Burr. It's like the Monday morning podcast on a Wednesday. Yeah, I love I love your Boston your Boston accents. So I it's it's not. I've lost so much of it since living in the East Coast. The Rhode Island accent is worse. I promise you. Um, my grandma has that one down to a T. It's wild. <laughs> She sounds like Lois Griffin. (laughs) Right now we're in the middle of, uh, tangent aside, we're in the middle of October right now and we're getting close to Black Friday. We're, you know, in that terminal stretch to Black Friday. And this is when we need to start talking about the critical choices and how you're approaching your Black Friday strategy. Because to me, it boils down to two major factors, particularly this year, that companies are going to be looking for when they're approaching their Black Friday strategy. And that is going to either be A, increasing the amount of revenue that you're pulling from existing customers, trying to extend the lifetime values of your value of your existing customers by bringing them back into the fold and offering them promotional products, or taking the risk to move a little bit farther up the funnel and then using your Black Friday promotion to focus on new customer acquisition. Now, every kind of Q4 season is going to be accounting for both. But it's not normally going to be a 50-50. There's going to be one side of the equation that is going to be taking more energy and more time. What, what determines what determines which one you pick, Nevin? Like if, if you're, if, let's say your brand right now going into Black Friday, you know, and, and you've got, you're, you're starting to plan your promotions. You, you've, get, you've got an idea of, uh, you know, where you're going with, uh, with your Black Friday strategy. Um, how, how would you make the call here? Like what, what kind of, uh, what kind of reasons would you have to do either, you know, focusing on returning revenue versus net new? Yeah. So it mainly depends on what the immediate needs of the business are. Right. So when we're talking about returning lifetime value, um, Taylor holiday of common thread collective shout out one of the, in my opinion, some of the, one of the smarter thinkers in the e-commerce space, um, talks about the concept of squeezing the sponge. And when we're talking about returning customer value, that value is finite. That is, is not a, it is a renewable resource, but it is one that does not necessarily, is not infinite. Um, Because at some point, uh, customers will, unless you're, with some exceptions, um, customers will, 
eventually have a set max value that they will contribute. And it's going to be different for every customer. I'm not saying that like every customer is going to hit like $500 and then just walk away. But what they are going to do is they are going to eventually either not have a need to buy or they will have spent what they will with your brand. And you can continually offer promotions to try and, you know, wring the last dollar out of your existing audience because it's cheaper, it's more efficient, it's remarketing campaigns, it's decision phase, it's email lists with promotions. Um, But at some point, you will always need to be focusing on new customer acquisition. One of the biggest mistakes that I think businesses make is that they build out their audience, they build out their customer base, and then in order to keep ROAS and efficiency high, they just turn off their prospect. And they don't see it as an investment that brings an immediate short-term return, so they turn off their prospecting. And this is, it's, I know that I've said it, I know that um, very intelligent folks in the industry like Taylor Holiday from CTC have said, it is is not a healthy choice to make for the business because overall, you can, you know, wring every last dollar out, but that is going to continually, you're going to be continually depleting that resource. So with Black Friday, if you have recently spent a good chunk of time building out brand awareness, heating up your audience, bringing new customers into the fold, um, and have a healthy share of new customer influx, then at that point, you can try and make that move to get that cheap cash infusion that heavy retargeting can get you. However, if you don't have those conditions, I would say that this is a Black Friday to really start trying to grow your customer base. It's it's a tough decision. It's it's yeah. tough. And it like on paper, when you're looking at just the overall ROAS and efficiency numbers, the campaigns, you know, don't make sense strictly if you're talking about just a pure ROAS perspective. But we have been focusing on this with a client that we just recently launched of pushing in the lead up for Prime Day, kind of as a little bit of a dry run for the Black Friday. We've pushed a warm-up campaign to push broad category targeting prospecting display advertisements on Amazon. And we ran them for a couple days at a a lower ROAS um, with a small remarketing campaign on the end to try and catch existing customers. But what we saw was that we 2x revenue directly on ROAS target. And most importantly, what we had seen that really stood out was that Amazon's really good about giving you actually new-to-brand metrics. Is that our new-to-brand metrics from this promotion because we did the prospecting, because we did the audience warm-up, was sitting at around 80%. And that, for me, is huge because that gives me the comfort that down the line, we can continually run remarketing efforts. We continually run efforts to try and capture existing customers. We can push for things like retention programs. We can push for things like newsletters. We can push for you know, harnessing first-party data to really hit that retention side. Because we have now set up apparatus to bring in new customers. And customer acquisition cost is a lot higher now than it has been previously, right? You know, CPCs are rising. It is a less engaged audience. It's been doing that for a while. That's been a trend 
that's been going, you know, for a while. I think when you're talking about setting goals for Black Friday, and this is why we talk about this a lot, it seems like every topic, you know, we talk about it, this kind of comes up. Setting goals um, in the dark without, uh, you know, for for example, we have lots of clients and we, we, we hear a lot of, we actually get a lot of client kind of prospects and people telling us in our own sales sales funnel that they fired their last agency because their last agency promised a, you know, a, a 10 ROAS and, and couldn't deliver on that. And that's, that becomes the, this is what we mean by goal setting, like setting a goal that sounds impressive and sounds like, man, if we hit a 10 ROAS, we'll be killing it. Not necessarily because you can hit a 10 ROAS without growing your customer base very much, right? You can hit, uh, you can lower spend and, and not Get, and not have as many checkouts, not have as bigger carts, um, and 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 grow your ROAS and specific, and you can specifically target uh, you know specific products. So it's a different motion. So when we talk about setting goals in the environment of Q4 and e-commerce, you're talking about uh, you need to look at your business and the realistic, be realistic about where you are, right? So if you need to move a bunch of product, right? If that's a goal, like we need, well, we need to move a bunch of product, and we're really focused on uh, uh, on revenues, right? We just need, we need that revenue number to go up. You're going to have to sacrifice some ROAS for that. That's just, that's just realistic. And so being realistic about what your, what your targets are and, and then how you're going to use that. So, you know, we have conversations a lot with clients, uh, about this very same thing. When they, when you ask for one thing, like, uh, we need to move a bunch of product. We need to be a very realistic about level setting that, these other metrics are going to change and we're going to, we're going to have to adjust those goals of like, what's a healthy row as to maintain while we move a bunch of low, low uh, margin products, right? Like that's got to be a part of the conversation. Yeah. And, and obviously continually, and this is something that we're going to continue to harp on. I think we're going to touch on it at least it's in every episode so far. I'll probably harp on it some more is to make sure that your look is to make sure that your margins and that you are at least hitting, setting a row ass floor that you know that you are not breaking even right. at that point. So if you're trying to move low margin products, there is a level where you start losing money and that needs to be a level that is like marked with like dotted, underlined, um, bold. Redlined, whatever. Yeah. But at the same time, when you solely look at ROAS as a figure, that metric favors specific campaigns that are not necessarily going to be profitable in the long term. We see this a lot when we're trying to look at display um, and DSP platforms, right? When we're looking at DSP, yeah. we can sometimes see very, very, or even on Amazon with sponsored display, which is my domain. I won't tramp all. We'll bring in Alex one time to actually talk about DSP. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to butcher his platform with my uh, my understanding of it. But when we're looking at Amazon, right? When you're looking at sponsored display campaigns, particularly sponsored display prospecting campaigns, you are normally going to see a much lower ROAS return than a remarketing campaign. You will normally see, you know, anywhere from 10 to 20 on a remarketing campaign, depending on what your bidding strategy is. When you're looking at um, prospecting campaigns, you'll sometimes see one or sub one. Obviously, you have to have that balanced out somewhere else in the funnel. But those prospecting campaigns are warming up an audience. They are bringing people into the fold to boost your existing campaigns, to bring new people in. And that's the huge thing, is it is refilling the tank. You know, it is keeping a customer base that is flowing. Because to keep customers is challenging because you have to, and retain customers challenging because you have to have a good customer service. You have to have, you know, a good ret- you know return policy. You have to have, you know, you have to take care of your existing customers. 
However, at some point, you can treat your customers like kings. Eventually, for one reason or another, they'll leave. Like, at the very end, you can have a customer for life, but at the very end, that life is not going to last forever. So at the end of the day, you are going to need to have a continual flow of new customers into that equation. And that is done through prospecting. That is done through things like display advertising, sponsored display on Amazon, things like YouTube. Um, and it's harder. It's a lot harder to do because you have to move the customer a lot farther down the sales process. You have to move them a lot farther down the funnel. You have to give them the brand awareness. You have to help them and kind of hold their hand through consideration, decision, and purchase compared to like a remarketing campaign. I kind of call it the validation gate, right? There's a point, like people are going to be looking at your products, comparing them, checking out, uh, you know, the rest of your product set. They're going to be looking at your content, your social media, like they're going to ingest a lot of that, but they're not just doing that with your brand. They're doing that with competitor brands too. And at a certain point, they will make the decision to buy your product, right? And that's the gate. That's the validation gate. They've validated that you're the one that they want. But the thing is, that doesn't stop when they become a customer. They're going to continue to look for a better version of that product. Or maybe their taste just changes, right? Like the product you sell is, uh, you know, a specific taste. You know, there's, uh, you know, a specific taste that you need, a specific style, some kind of uh, uh, niche market that you have for a specific product. And maybe they just move out of that market and that stuff happens. But what this really comes down to, you're always, always going to have a lower ROAS target and a, and a lower lower ROAS expectation for net new customers because they're more expensive to obtain always. I've never seen it be the opposite, right? Like it's always cheaper to sell products to existing customers or someone or, or people who have already checked out through remarketing, through your first, uh, through first party data, through email campaigns, through promotions, all of this stuff is way cheaper than trying to get net new customers for all the reasons you enumerated, Nevin. So at the end of the day, you know, realizing the, the, uh, the realities of what it is to, to do digital marketing and where the, where the sliders of these metrics come in specific relation to what your goals are for your campaigns. But to your point, I like the point you made earlier that it's possible and you should be looking for other places in your funnel and other markets and other ways to reach clients or customers uh, that make up for campaigns that you're running that you know are going to have lower ROAS, right? So you know that your prospecting campaigns, your top of funnel campaigns are going to have a lower ROAS. Since you know that, go ahead and spin up other campaigns that are cheaper, that sell higher margin products that will make up for that ROAS gap between your prospecting and your existing customer remarketing. And at the end of the day, Black Friday provides a fantastic time to do this, right? Because you are, you have the highest amount of traffic flow in Q4 that you're probably going to have of the season. Again, it depends on what your brand are. Some are more seasonal than others, but by and large, your brand is going to have the largest influx of traffic and shoppers on the Q4 days. It's going to be on the prime days. It's going to be on Black Friday. It's going to be on uh, Cyber Monday. It's going to be in that holiday lead up. And That provides a fantastic time where you are selling your products probably at the lowest price you're going to be selling them at the year. That is a fantastic opportunity to get product in hand, to have new customers. And if you have done your homework and if you have done the work to set up a brand that takes care of its customers, that has a good product, that has a good customer service methodology, 
the moment that you start getting new products in hand. The work down the line and saving that returning customer value promotion until the until your dead seasons, until your kind of dolder months, those are going to be better. Bringing in new customers during Black Friday, during Prime Days, and during Q4 is a much better solution, in my opinion, overall, because you have your largest amount of traffic during that period. Obviously, if you're in desperate need, we that number can be fudged. But by and large, trying to hit a high new-to-brand percentage during your Black Friday promotion and bringing in new customers during Black Friday will help pay dividends. Because as we have talked about, customer lifetime value is a finite resource. And it is a resource, in my opinion, that is best saved for when you really need it down the line. Not during your peak seasons, but during the times where you might not have as much traffic, more like a dead season, um, apparel brands are really, really good at doing this, I found. So right now, it's almost, it's you know, ski season is coming up. In certain parts of the country. Yeah. Well, in my part of the country, baby. <laughs> it slopes. I got my That's icon right. pass ready to go. But I'm looking for some new uh, ski clothing. And, but I'm normally buying, you know, <laughs> as a returning customer for a lot of the brands that I'm loyal to, like um, Arcteryx is great, Steo do a great job with this as well, is that they hit you during transitionary periods. They use that time when they have excess inventory that they need to move, normally in their dead seasons, and they discount it. And that is a promotional strategy that is normally sent and email marketed to their existing customers. That is where, in my opinion, you can kind of, the term to, I don't want to completely steal from the Common Thread podcast, uh, the e-commerce playbook podcast, but... Let's do it. We're shame. We're, we're shameless. Just do it. I, I, I mean, I love those guys. They were the podcast that I always wanted to be. That's what we want to be when we grow up, Nevin. Exactly. But they, <laughs> that is when you can squeeze the sponge during your shoulder seasons and during your transitionary periods where you have inventory that you need to clear. Like it's a lot more cut and dry in the apparel industry because you have your summer clothes, you have your fall clothes, your spring, winter clothes. And for me, at least that makes a much better shopping experience because I a, feel like I'm getting rewarded for being a loyal customer. I feel taken care of and I feel like I'm able to kind of plan ahead. Meanwhile, if I'm trying to find new brands, there's a good chance I'm going to do that when there's the lowest buy-in possible. There's a good chance I'm going to do that when it's at the lowest possible purchase point, which is Black Friday, which is Cyber Monday. So if I want to take a risk on a new brand, I'm going to do that when I don't have as much skin in the game, when it's like, you know, 60% off on a Black Friday sale. So that, in my opinion, is how promotional strategy should be used to increase net new customers. And that's an investment. And it's an investment that can be you know, you can obviously mitigate it by making it up later in the year, but it is the largest potential influx of new customers you're going to get. And because of that, I think it's very, very important for brands to keep watch and make sure that if we can afford it, right, if we haven't necessarily banked everything on hitting specific ROAS targets and like, you know, making all our money in Q4, it is a good time to take a little bit of a hit in the efficiency department and start focus on bringing in new customers. And I, I know it sounds like almost we're feeding a dead horse at this point, but it is so important that it's a very easy trap to fall into because the numbers will look good until they don't. And that is, and by the time right. they don't, 
you're losing more in the end because you are now doing your like prospecting campaigns when you don't necessarily have the lifetime value and that returning customer value to back it up down. So it's important to invest in it early before you start to see the signs of downturn, because by the time you actually start seeing things fall off, you're, you're already in trouble and you're going to have to take greater hits down the line. And this is why black setting like Q4 black Friday goals is, is much different. And what which I think the point we're trying to make here, it's much different from what you're going to be doing the rest of the year, because, and by the way, what you do the rest of the year should, should be informed by the results that you get from the Q4 kind of traffic surge, right? You're filling your sponge up, you're getting uh, lots of new uh, water, which in this analogy are customers into your sponge, right? What you need to do is you need to you know, in the rest of the year, figure out what your customer lifetime value is. And you can use that average of what the customer lifetime value and how how long a customer lifetime actually is, right? That's another key point here, because if your average uh, customer after their first checkout will come back on an average of three times over the next six months, right? If you know that, now you know that over the next six months, you need to plan in order to get the most out of these, uh, try to get the most out of every returning customer, at least three specific promotions designed to target them specifically. And these are going to be the cheaper retargeting uh, promotions that you'll be able to afford in slower months, right? And it'll, it will help those yearly metrics uh, and quarterly metrics so that when you get to Black Friday, you're not scrambling. If you get to Q4, you're not scrambling to make up some lost ground. You, 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 you kind of got everything you could out of that, that new audience that you built the Black Friday previous, right? And now it's a repeat cycle and you learned a bunch of stuff, right? So implement those learnings that you had from the last Black Friday and then how those promotion periods, those remarketing campaigns went over the course of the year. Now, your lifetime value and the average life cycle of your customers are all going to be different. That's why we're not prescribing anything. We're saying you should do the the legwork to figure it out. And if you need help with that, give us a call. We're very good at it. Shameless plug. You got it. This is the important stuff because you need to be looking at it. People get, I think, um, especially marketers, right, will get very in the weeds of monitoring, launching, making and, and managing Q4 campaigns, right? Without having the foresight of down the road of what am I going to eventually do with these audiences, right? And how should I be segmenting them? How should I be parsing the data, right? So I, I, I guess at the end of the day, what we're really trying to say is, you know, you should be analyzing your own specific business because it's going to be wildly different. It, it makes me think of Liz uh, Roquet, who we had on from Lizzie's Fresh Coffee. Uh, she is, uh, she already is uh, managing her own marketing. She's a one woman show and she's awesome. Uh, she's calculating lifetime value. So she knows that when she gets new customers, you know, how often she can try to tap back into now she sells, but, but, but what I was getting at, she sells coffee and coffee is a consumable. And if you're not selling it, a consumable, Right. And uh, not to mention it has caffeine in it and it's addictive. So uh, she's got a good thing going, I think. But at the end of the day, if you're selling apparel, right, that's a very different model, very different, uh, uh, very different promotional activities you need to be going through, uh, especially if you have seasonality concerns. Right. Yeah, it's definitely I would say like the harder the good, the harder it gets, I guess. Um, (laughs) Hard goods, baby. At the end of the day, what you need to be looking at as a marketer or as a CEO even um, is that you need to be going through and putting together actual analytics and data on what your lifetime value looks like. And you need to be segmenting that across 
every channel because different audiences that are coming in from different channels are going to have different lifetime values and different buying journeys. But what you need to be looking at is analyzing after, and this is, you have to use first party data with this. So you have to have like email lists, you have to have some way of capturing and being able to measure returning customers or like a loyalty program. But what you need to be able to look at, if I buy a customer for $200 through paid media to bring them through the display, through social, through everything, if it costs me on average about $200 to buy a customer, to bring a customer in, and throughout that buying journey, that customer is going to send 1000 down the line, right? That's a five-on-one return on investment. And that makes it a lot much easier business case to start pitching prospecting and to take a hit early to buy uh, and to stock up on your customers to receive a payout down the line. But two values that you need to have, particularly going in, is the average cost to acquire a customer, your CAC. um, And the other side of that is the lifetime value, the LTV. And that is the average that a customer will spend through their entire life cycle with your buying process. These two numbers are what will inform your decision because that is going to say exactly how much you're able to afford to bring in an influx of new customers. And that LTV, mostly organic LTV, if you can, you know, if you already have organic LTV numbers without like heavy remarketing affecting the sample. If you have an LTV, that is your floor that you can build off of. And you can normally, you can extend that value with remarketing. You can extend that value with retention programs. But that LTV needs to be higher on an order of magnitude than the cost it is to acquire that customer. And that's math that has to be done on an individual level. You know, again, like Mike said, give us a call if, if that's a calculation that you struggle with. It's one of our big specialties here. But that is the data that you have to have in hand. And if you don't have it right at this point, like in the middle of October, you know, I'm sorry we didn't start the happy hour podcast sooner, but it is something that you absolutely need to start having in hand as we start going into Black Friday. So if you don't have those numbers, if you have a rough estimate, that's fine. But to make a short story very, very long, because I know this is sort of to answer one question we asked at the beginning of this podcast, those are the numbers that are going to determine whether you swing for a more remarketing, lower funnel heavy Black Friday, where you are just hammering your current customers with promotions to move inventory massively and get a very cheap, quick infusion of cash into the business, or if you're going to treat Black Friday as an investment in the future to balance out dead zones and to balance out, you know, slow periods. And you're going to start waiting your campaigns in the upper funnel. You're going to start looking at prospecting, sponsor display, DSP, prospecting social. Those are your two big paths. And you're probably going to dabble in a mixture of both. But where you weight your campaigns is going to depend heavily on how well you're able to capitalize on your customer's lifetime value and how cheap you are able to get a new qualified customer in the door. It's a good recap. And one way to think about it, I know you're a gamer. I game myself. One way to think about it is there's a bi-directional kind of slider relationship. You know, in character creators, you have your sliders to see what your character looks like. Your e-commerce Q4 goals has a slider between net new customers and uh, lifetime value slash retargeting goals and values, right? It's, it's important that you find 
where you that slider needs to be for you every Q4 going into it. How many new customers do I really need uh, to, to kind of refill the, the gas tank versus, you know, how much revenue do I need to generate at a, at a cheaper cost by marketing to my existing customer base, right? So that's essentially it in a nutshell. But uh, we want to give a shout out at the end of the podcast here to the Weekenders. You guys are awesome. I know Nevin already broke the fourth wall and told you we're recording on a, on a Wednesday. So Weekenders have an have a fun extended weekend. Thank you for listening to the end. And uh, we're available wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at uh, finch.com slash podcast for more content. Engage with us on, on Twitter at finch underscore PPC, Facebook, finch.ecommerce and LinkedIn. Until next time, I'm Mike Martis. And I'm Nevin Savell. We'll catch you next week.